Hello, Belinda. Hi, Omar. What is this week's gratitude blooming theme? It's card number 18. The daisies representing simplicity. Ah, simplicity. So simple yet so hard. (laughs) Before we jump into this week's theme further, we want to just give a couple of shout outs to our listeners. This one is from Discord, uh, Sean. And Sean wrote this, and this uh, I think was in reference to Beautiful Sadness, which we released a couple weeks ago. And Sean says, this week's prompt spoke to me. I had to put down our 16-year-old dog the other day, and it was incredibly sad, and yet somehow a relief at the same time. For the last year, he couldn't really leave my side, and I hadn't realized how much energy that occupied until this week. The cycle of life is truly a beautiful sadness. Our hearts go out to you, Sean. And I'm loving this story from Anthony in L.A. Uh, He shared with us on Instagram, I've been experiencing so much magic with the cards and podcasts these past couple of months. This happened three to four times where I would draw a card a day before or the morning of listening to a new episode, and you all talk about the card I just drew. This week, Beautiful Sadness has been sitting with me since last week since I am in transition. I'm grateful for the work that you do. Thank you so much for listening. Belinda and I appreciate you so much. It means the world to hear the comments again on all the social, texting, email, hotline, you name it. We read all the comments. We appreciate you and keep sharing. Keep sharing the gratitude. Keep sharing the podcast. We want to see this podcast bloom and we can't do it without you. So without further ado, as we look at this week's illustrations from the artist Arlene Kimsuda, what are we looking at with the card? Well, there's two daisy flowers, first of all, and they almost look like eyeballs. <laughs> uh, they almost look like they're looking right at you if you're looking at the card. And what I what's most striking to me is how the leaves around each flower are featured. Because I, I must say that when I look at the daisy, I rarely pay attention to the leaf. I'm always just looking at the flower itself. So um, yeah, there's three that frame the one on the right and two leaves framing the flower on the left. And they seem connected uh, with their stems. I think normally when we're looking at the flowers, we're kind of looking at it from a sort of a side view dare I say, a worm's eye view. Um, And then this one is sort of like a bird's eye view. We're looking actually down on the flower, which is why it kind of looks like eyes. And it gives you that feeling, you know, you hear this idea of like, well, how should I grow? And you should, you should grow to the sun. And that's what I sort of feel like is that you really see these plants reaching towards the light. I love how the way Arlene depicts these plants is a uh, gives us a new ways to have perspective on nature. Yeah, it definitely is changing perspective. I mean, and that's the classic line: "What you see depends on where you stand." And you know, from this perspective of like, what does it look like to look down? You know, on these flowers. So, what did you find about daisies in your research? One is that there are a lot of different flower species that connect with 
the umbrella term of daisy. Um, so one of the most common ones is actually the Shasta daisy, which is a beautiful synchronicity considering that I'm in Mount Shasta. And the other one is the English daisy. So the Shasta daisy is actually a hybrid daisy that was developed by someone near the peaks of Mount Shasta. So it is actually true to its name. And um, there's just so much mythology around the daisy that I was actually surprised by. In uh, Europe, where the daisy originates, there's a lot of folklore um, surrounding the daisy. Um, in Old English, daisy actually means day's eye because literally the flowers close their petals in the evening and they reopen in the morning. So they almost look like the eyes of the morning day. You found one root word for it. Another one in Latin is simplus, and it originally referred to a medicine made from one constituent, especially from one plant, which I was just blown away. I had no idea that there was a connection between the word simplicity and medicine from a plant. And so it's just, I don't know, I continue to be surprised each week as we sort of dive into these words that you think you know and you think you have like an understanding of. And then there's just, yeah, there's these delightful surprises and connections and this idea that plant medicine is almost in our words, right? Like it, the plant medicine isn't just in the thing that we take, but it's like, hey, take a dose of simplicity. Like imagine that, right? Like, oh, what do you need right now? Oh, I need some simplicity. Hold on, let me go into the medicine cabinet and grab the medicine of simplicity. And daisies are actually medicinal. So they're related to the artichokes, uh, which means that you can get them for, you can eat them for vitamin C. Um, you can actually apply them topically for um, skin ailments. Uh, you can make it into a tea to soothe your cough. So it's interesting how Arlene somehow made the connection between the medicinal healing of Daisy with the word simplicity, which has healing mm. from in it. Were daisies the one where it's the pick me knots also? No. When he loves me, he loves me not. And you pluck one petal off. At yes, a time. it is. Wow. It is. And what was the sort of idea around that? I did not really see any kind of mythology related to that, but there's just a lot of sayings that were created based on the, the Daisy in one Roman mythology, there was a god of the seasons and the gardens, and um, he actually became enamored with a nymph and was constantly per trying to pursue this nymph. And, and in order to escape his affections, this uh, nymph actually turned herself into a daisy. And so the scientific name of Daisy Bellis actually stems from that story. So there's just a lot of interesting stories that that come from the daisy mm. as well as just the people picking up the flower and just plucking the <laughs> right to make choices the petals off you know in some ways this idea of randomly picking the petals off is is the exercise that we do share with folks when they pull a gratitude blooming card right we say that sometimes what, what is habit habit is what we do in default and to sort of break habit um, or to disrupt habit we have to have a practice and one incredible practice is randomness. So just randomly picking a card and then sort of seeing what is evoked. And it really happens sometimes when you have an intention or something that you're like, Ooh, I want this. 
And then our brains get into this like logic if then like, well, if I do this, then I expect this to happen. And when it doesn't happen, then there's sort of like disappointment, frustration, anger, whatever those emotions are that you had sort of locked up with that idea. And so I love that this idea of, well, do I like this person? Do I not like this person? Let me let randomness decide the fate of this, right? Like, because clearly my emotions are getting the best of me and I can't see straight. So let nature decide with the pluck of randomness. So for you who are listening, we'd love to have you take a pause and just connect in with the simplicity of the daisy. You know, what does this theme mean to you right now? And is there a story or memory that the daisy evokes for you? I love that our Instagram friend found this synchronicity of the randomness. You know, every time he listened to the podcast, there would be, you know, a connection to his practice with the card deck. So as I was sort of prepping for this and you sort of said, what's a random memory or what memory kind of comes up for you? Yeah. And as I thought about what does simplicity mean to me, what immediately came up to me was a memory of driving down um, the road and my daughters were in the back seat and they were probably like six months old and two and a half years old at the time. You know, my wife and I are driving along and all of a sudden we start hearing them make each other laugh. It was the most magical Mm. sound, like literally to this day, it feels like angels singing to me. Them just being able to, you know, my six-month-old couldn't, couldn't talk yet, but somehow they were able to communicate to each other and make each other laugh. And them <laughs> making each other laugh is the sound of simplicity to me, right? Like not even being able to really use mm. words, but really just be able to communicate something and to find humor and joy in it. That's when I sort of like, okay, that's what simplicity sounds and feels like. I love that you're bringing it to the senses, like the sound of simplicity, because for me, um, simplicity is very visual Mm. and it's always interesting how, you know, even just like our show notes for the podcast, like I, I have like six paragraphs and I can't choose from all the fun facts about the flower. And you have like one line that's about the origin of the word and, And it's interesting because this theme is coming up for me a lot right now. Like I feel internally this sense of clutter and I have this really strong. What, you (laughs) stretched? I just have this desire for simplicity, this like craving for it, which I, I don't, it's not something that I normally feel. So it's just an interesting time of noticing, you know, what is it that I really need to focus on? And so for me, Simplicity is this teacher on focus. And I feel like that's one of the things that early on in our collaboration, I learned from you where you were just, you know, really pushing this question of, well, what is it that's at the core? And, and, and it's very much like these two flowers on the card. You know, they're, they're really pushing for focus in some ways in the way that they're just looking at me right now. <laughs> You feel the pressure of the daily eyes <laughs> yes. on you. Well, I, I would love to hear what the artist Arlene Kimsuda saw when she illustrated these daisies in her 100-day project to move from inspiration to discipline.
Here is the story of the Simplicity card, featuring the daisy. On one of my favorite walks through the Presidio in San Francisco, I found these two daisies that seemed to shout out from just off the pathway to remind me to notice the beauty in the simple things surrounding me. Their white petals and yellow centers were gleaming against their green surroundings. I love that it seems that these two flowers are about to dance, like one is doing a curtsy while the other is holding out its arm. These flowers were so sweet and they held a message about how much joy you can find in the simplest things that surround us in our daily routines. And in my practice as an artist, I am a believer that simplicity is not simple. It takes a lot of editing and subtracting using both the logical and intuitive parts of the mind to strip down to the true essence of a thing. And don't you kind of feel that way about the daisy? It somehow has exactly the right amount of things to be a delightful daisy and not anything more or less. I find it simply miraculous when you take the time to slow down and really think about it. I love that Arlene was just walking along <laughs> and saw these two daisies next to the sidewalk. And it's just a great reminder that it's all around us. Simplicity is all around us. Nature is all around us. And it's just us um, who get caught up in our busy lives uh, and aren't paying attention that things tend to then get complicated. Yeah. And the slowing down, like I, I'm really feeling that connection when we take that pause to really slow down, we start to see what's there and that might prompt different kinds of decisions and insights as well. The other sort of feeling I got thinking about simplicity was how good a peanut butter and jelly sandwich tastes when you're camping, <laughs> right? Or basically anything tastes when you're camping, right? And, and so then, so how then context helps to frame sort of how we can just savor something, right? So like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, if I was at home, I'm like, wow, we must have ran out of food. And as is all I have left is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in the house. Whereas if I'm camping and I make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, it just tastes amazing. And I don't know if it's just the being outdoors and you're just sort of getting back to the basics and you're like, ah, I can just savor this sandwich and appreciate it. And, and nature really helps me kind of reframe what is important. What do I value? And just being outside, moving, um, being connected to nature. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the simple things in life, like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, become sort of magical in many ways. I hear you really savoring what's there in front of you in that story. And simplicity feels like a teacher in that, like... Yeah, how can you really enjoy what's here and appreciate it? Isn't it ironic that sometimes we're like, oh, I want lots of choices. Like, and you're like, I want a buffet, right? And you think about like the classic, like Las Vegas buffet, which is mounds and mounds of food from like all over the place. And, you know, there's in some ways uh, a decent amount of gluttony that goes into it. And like, how am I going to, you know, stack my plate and go back? 
and sort of gorge yourself versus the some of the joy that can kind of come out of what is really just sort of simple. And so, and then how do we choose, you know, when do I want a buffet and when do I just want a PB and J? And sometimes the constraints are so helpful. You know, I was um, sharing last week about the Mongolian yurts, the roundhouses that are designed for nomadic living. So right now we have three new yurts that are almost done on the land and realizing that we have very limited electrical capacity. (laughs) Um, And so in the process of adorning these new yurts and really thinking about the functionality as well, there's been this prioritization process like, you know, we have to pick a refrigerator that doesn't have a freezer because we don't have, you know, as much electrical capacity and um, how much electricity do lights take, you know, to, to light up the yurt. And, you know, I could see it as a limitation that's, that's, you know, a struggle, or I could see it as, wow, like I'm being asked to think about how much impact I want to make on the land or how much electricity do I want to take up. And it's been an interesting practice just in the physical space, having to choose what to go into that new space. How do those choices feel? In some ways, liberating, because I notice that I have a tendency to want to fill the vessel because I just, I get excited and I want to adorn. And what I'm, what I'm noticing is the unadorned is is beautiful. And and you and I have talked about with Arlene, you know, people ask, you know, why are the cards black and white? You know, why are they so simple? And and I think there is something that's important, a value of ours collectively around keeping these cards simple and that it can get straight to the heart of what's needed or what is the essence of something. You know, you don't need to layer on a bunch of things to get to the core. Um, so I'm really appreciating that as a value now. And I, and I think it's something that's kind of newer in the past, you know, five years that I'm really valuing this. Yeah. It's interesting to reflect on that now. Yeah. There's a trust that this is enough, mm. right? Like, cause you're like, Oh, this sort of very simple black and white sketch and just the addition of a word as a theme and to then kind of be like, well, is this enough? And will it communicate what it needs to? And then in some ways realizing like, well, we don't know what other people are feeling and what they're experiencing. And so to sort of over communicate is in some ways to uh, interfere with what sort of learning another person can have. Right. And that's when we hold these gratitude circles We say, what is the first thing we say? We say, each of us is our own best inner teacher. And so then, therefore, there's no need to fix, save, or advise anyone else. And then silence is a participant, making room for discomfort and discovery. And I love how with looking at simplicity in these words, like, well, it's up to each person to really kind of interpret and understand what they need in each of these cards. And by having them simpler, you're not sort of interfering with that sort of internal dialogue. Um, and then 
they're not these cards are not trying to like fix save or advise anyone they're just like hey these are flowers and very simple words what you see in them is for you you know and then i love then that last piece around silence i think it was miles davis said that music is uh the silence between the notes mm. it's to trust the silence and then what needs to be heard you know becomes clearer you're reminding me of a conversation i had this just this week with uh linda in la who is a hospice nurse and she's been using the cards as part of um a healing circle that she holds for nurses and one of the things that she shared was just how when she closes the circle she uses the cards she picks one card for the circle and Usually people will see the card and they'll just have a smile on their face or just this look of their eye. And it's like it kind of hits this collective note and and the simplicity around that practice. You know, there, you don't need to read five pages or even look at the prompt. You know, it just people can make their own meaning out of it. And then there is this collective resonance that happens. And and she was just sharing about the the simplicity of that practice um so yeah i'm just really appreciating that reminder Mm. if you need a prompt we have (laughs) one too and so you know i think this is what what's nice about the gratitude blooming practice is that it does kind of just give you if you just need a little bit of a reminder of like okay right take a pause notice what might be possible in a different way but sometimes we need a little bit of encouragement and and so what is this week's prompt for number 18 daisies so simplicity is the theme if you were to simplify your life what would you choose to keep Mm. so it really in this moment it's about choice and it kind of makes me think of um carvers of like stone Hmm. i forgot who said it but it was like well how do you know how to carve it and he's like well i remove everything that isn't the thing that i want and and so this idea of like what i want is there but i have to remove everything else that is like blocking it so as you, you know, you shared that you feel, and I think I might be using my own word here, stretched. Um, I don't think that was your exact word, but that was the feeling I got as you were sharing. What choices do you think are in front of you right now? Well, it's striking that it's not physical, the things I would choose to keep. You know, they're, it's like the relationships that I have in my life, I would choose to keep those I feel like I've spent, the more that I've understood who I am and what I value, it's been, you know, over the course of, you know, 10 to 20 years of understanding, well, who are the people then that best support me in my life? And so there is, there has been this natural kind of simplifying of that. And I feel like I'm at the place where I want to just keep tending to those relationships. That feels really important. And in this moment, there is this feeling that I have where my physical space is in some ways a reflection 
of my inner state. So, you know, maybe it's like heading towards spring or there's something. I feel like I'm doing some early spring cleaning where I'm really looking at the things around me in my physical space and and just noticing, well, which ones really bring me joy, which ones feel important to me and what are the things that are unnecessary. Um, so in that way, there is a very embodied physical decluttering process that I'm going through right now. It feels like uh, this is a Marie Kondo moment. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, right? What did she say? She said, what sparks joy for you, you keep, and what doesn't, you thank and give away. And 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 I, and I appreciated that she did both because she, I think she was recognizing that we have attachments to these things, even things that we no longer necessarily need um, or use, but is there in our closet or, or you know, is there taking space. And so if we can let it go, it's not just sort of throwing it out, but just sort of saying like, thank you for what you did give me. The needs have changed and it's sort of time to move on. And then to really acknowledge and pay attention to like, what is that spark of joy? What is that delight? And sort of choosing delight by decluttering and acknowledging everything that you sort of no longer need. So for you, what would you choose to keep? Omar? I don't know. In many ways, I, I've been through a massive decluttering process of you know, on a lot of different fronts. And so I think I'm just more just appreciating and the choices that I have made. And even though it is brim full of uncertainty, I'm okay with that. So it's in some ways, yeah, I'm choosing to let go of some of the creature comforts. Uh, that I've long known, whether it was like career or title or any of those things and be like, no, there's something else that's possible. And even every time I feel like, oh, okay, maybe this is it. And it's like, nope, <laughs> there's still something else that needs to be shed. I think we, we've, we've talked about this before where the leaves are dropping from the tree. And right now I feel like, mm, I don't have a lot of leaves right now. And I'm okay with that too, though. Like I, and I feel like if I've tried to like move too fast to something, it's actually not been ready yet. And mm. so to sort of stay comfortable with like not jumping too fast to spring, not being too eager to see some of these early buds on the limb, you're like, Ooh, maybe this is the bud that wants to really grow and just be like, nope. Whatever needs to grow is going to grow. And so maybe for me, it's like embracing patience is really the choice that I'm continuing to sit with. In your stories, the past couple of episodes, I feel like one of the biggest things that you've shed is like status. And I know for a lot of people who are going through transitions right now, that's one of the hardest things to let go of, you know, to work so hard to be successful in a certain way, external way. And then to like let it go for the unknown is really, really hard. So do you have any advice for people or just, you know, any insights from that? You know, I, I'm smiling because right now on Twitter, I'm like a kid with NFTs and just how I'm communicating. Um, I think for a very long time, you know, I've very much cultivated sort of how I show up in the world, you know, and I particularly with Instagram and it was already sort of the nature of Instagram, which is to sort of show off in some ways. 
and not really about show up, right? It was more show off than show up. And I honestly, I didn't really, I have not been a big Instagram user, but with Twitter and it's where a lot of the Web3 conversations are happening. I'm like, man, this is, I'm feeling like a kid again. You know, I'm just embracing like, this is joyful for me. I know this is silly um, in lots of different ways, but I'm having so much fun and I'm creating these great connections with a lot of artists as well. It's fascinating. So like I bid on a NFT last night and it was a little bit of a rush and, and I realized like I paid double of what it was and I was like, oops. And then the artist connected with me afterwards. He was like, Hey, sorry, that was my fault. I set the pricing wrong. He's like, I can give you, you know, your money back. And I was like, well, you know what? Just give me two of the pieces and we'll, we'll call it good. And so just to be able to have that relationship and dialogue. And I was like, well, if I hadn't put myself out there and really sort of connected with these artists who I think are doing just this amazing work, then I wouldn't have been able to have that sort of conversation in a very tangible way. And, and then we ended up having this great dialogue in the DM. And, and so I feel like embracing a little bit of silliness and a little bit of, you know, like letting go of this is how I'm supposed to be and just sort of enjoying whatever that spark of joy is for you. There's a lot of innocence that I feel from you sharing about that. And also just back to the feeling of simplicity, the sound of simplicity through your daughter's laughter. The taste of simplicity of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah. And just really keying in on it. I think we have a clip from one of our previous gratitude circles this week. And it starts off with an intention. And this is part of what we love about the gratitude blooming practices. There's lots of different ways to use the card. And as we already talked about earlier in the conversation, randomness is a great way to sort of disrupt our expectations. Um, And expectations often sort of cloud sort of our judgment. Um, And again, this is sort of simplicity is like, hey, Let me be comfortable with what I don't know and just be open to different possibilities. So I look forward to sharing this clip with you. I think I have a question, I guess, that I'm thinking about, which is when is the time to sort of make a change? You know, I think I struggle with that. I feel like a lot of constraints about not making change. And I think... Yeah, I don't have enough trust or hope or realize that it's impermanent. Like, I, I think I'm clinging too tight. Yeah, is that is that a question? <laughs> okay, try that. Here we go. Oh, gosh. Mm. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Oh, 18 Daisy, simplicity. <laughs> if you were to simplify your life, what would you choose to keep? Everything, right? Work, home. Ah, oh, my brain. <laughs> Simplify it. <laughs> That's so helpful because I think it gets down to what is the simplest thing that, that you want or that you need. And that would help you make a decision about change, right? I know. this. I think that makes sense to me. Of course, me, I want to make a list. <laughs> and that is not simple. <laughs> I appreciate how much laughter we have um, on the show. I don't know if other if the <laughs> listeners appreciate the the laughter as much, but I, I've noticed in the last few podcasts there's a lot of laughing that happens. You know, two things that she shared that I think, you know, struck me. One was just timing, 
right? Like really being attuned to like, what is this moment sort of asking of me, right? And in some ways, even framing it as like, what is this moment asking of me is this recognition of listening, right? What am I being called to do, right? So much of our sort of instinct and the ego and the mind is like, this is what I want to do. But what are you being called to do requires a listening and a discernment outside of yourself. And then I think the other piece to it, and this is what's hard about choices, is that sometimes they're really about acknowledging competing values that we have. And when we have competing values, right, we're, we contain multitudes. And part of that containing of multitudes is we contain contradictions. And, and sometimes we don't want to acknowledge some of those contradictions. But when we have competing values of what we want that are maybe in conflict with something else that we want, we're hitting sort of the accelerator and the brake at the same time, right? And when you hit the accelerator and the brake, it's really hard to move anywhere, right? Like you're not, you're sort of jerking sort of forward. And so for anyone who is really facing some choices right now, just really encourage you to think about what might be some of the underlying conflicts that are hidden there. And just acknowledge that by having both of those things at the same time, you may be hitting the accelerator and the brake. And so if you want to stop, hit the brake. If you want to go, you know, hit the accelerator. But it is a choice um, between the two. And, you know, and it just also reminds me of um, a professor in grad school. Uh, he would used to tell me all the time, Omar, you can do it all. You just can't do it all at once. And so it's like, okay, it's sometimes making a choice is about timing sort of to the the first part, like timing is everything. And so, okay, this is the time for letting go and shedding, or maybe this is the time of adornment. And it sounded like in this circle, she was really affirmed, you know, all the choices that she had made around her work, her physical space, everything was her brain. Yeah. It was like <laughs> appreciation. Yes. It's all here. It's what I want and need. And so as we, close this week's podcast as we do with a practice from you. I just want to acknowledge how much I enjoyed looking at the moon, mm -hmm. um, which was last week's practice. And I don't know if it also just culminated in a full moon. And so last night I was really enjoying the full moon as I was doing a late night run to Lowe's for more tile for our house. <laughs> well, I'm glad that that made it a little bit more enjoyable for you. <laughs> I was also enjoying the moon last night on the land. It was like so bright. You know, you didn't even need a flashlight to walk around because it was just so illuminated. I, I love that you're thinking about the simplicity of the year and I'm like, <laughs> I need more tile. <laughs> so these are the choices that we're constantly making. Of uh, letting go or adorning. Yeah, and I'm glad we get to represent both sides of it all, you know, for our listeners. So for this week's practice, I'm calling it Choose Simplicity. And I want to start us into this practice just very much focusing on the physical. Because sometimes being able to see something helps us to choose. So every day this week, or as much as you can, 
I invite you to go to a place in your home and identify the one thing that you would choose to keep in your space. And just give it gratitude and appreciation. And just doing that every day, just to take that pause to notice what we have around us. And when you feel complete over the course of the week, just being with the things that you choose to keep, noticing what are the things that you have not identified as things that are important to you and seeing if there's a way for you to clear that space, you know, either respectfully giving it away or finding another place for the things that you choose not to keep. And just letting that simple practice of connecting with the physical things around you be the beginning of choosing simplicity in the less tangible aspects of our lives. Thank you, Belinda, for embracing the less tangible. And thank you to our listeners. We appreciate you. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to like, subscribe, help us grow uh, the Gratitude Blooming community. We wish you well. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.